And so tons of stuff that uh, we are so thankful for in our own individual lives as a group of people, um, things that God has done and, um, and just the things that he has revealed to us over the last few years and just continues to reveal uh, from glory to glory to glory to glory. It's just um, amazing to see the things. And, and Brent alluded to that a little bit earlier. Like when we first started meeting for a year there, uh, we kept a journal and um, we just filled up a whole notebook of things that uh, God did in one year. And um, it's just amazing to see it end up. Um, 2022, as he said earlier, like a total net of about 100,000 that we were able to give. And we'll have the final numbers next week, but um, looks like we give over 120,000 this year. So um, it's just amazing what this one little group um, right here that God is able to just be able to pour out to the community, but not just community, worldwide. Um, you know, we've planted churches and um, in India and uh, lots of churches and um, just the influence that we've been able to have around the world and um, and so it's just really neat that right here little bitty Mangum, Louisiana you're able to have an influence around the world um, and so it's just a huge impact um, I like to say that uh, wore my LSU today because 2024 so far, LSU is undefeated, and Alabama hasn't won a game. So, <laughs> just like to put that out there on podcast and on record. Twenty twenty four started out good. Um, now, I just echo. Um, so, I told Jake earlier. I said him and um, Jamie kept me and Julie posted what was going on, and so I knew the story, and uh, I told him, I said, so Wednesday night, Wednesday evening, I started a no-food fast, wasn't eating food at all, um, so I only had water or black coffee, and, um, and so doing good, Friday evening, it was starting to like, dude, because I need to go to Saturday evening, till 6 o'clock Saturday evening. And Friday evening, I'm still okay. Um, of course, by then, you know, you just kind of forgot that you're starving. And um, and so 1 o'clock Friday night, Saturday morning, I get up, go to the bathroom because I'm steadily drinking water, right? So this is like the fourth time since I laid down, I got to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, and everything starts caving in on me. I start breaking out in sweats like I'm about to faint. I go in there and tell Julia I'm about to faint. But then in the meantime, while I'm telling her I'm about to faint, at the same time, my ears start roaring louder and louder like something's about to explode in my head. All of my extremities go numb and tinkling. Um, and so I could not breathe all of a sudden. And so I was like, I can't breathe. And so I just took a bottle of water, just dashed it in my face. And, um, and so I was like, something's not right with my body. She's like, you think you don't need to do this again? I said, I don't need your lecture right now. I just need to get fixed. <laughs> So she runs to get a Powerade, and she's like, you need some electrolyte, you need something in your body, just drink something. And uh, she's like, your fast is over. You're eating this protein bar right there, right? And I'm like drinking that, but at the same time, I was like still struggling to breathe, and it's like everything closing in, and I'm still just sweating profusely. My body is like just shaking nonstop. It will not stop, right? So I'm like, I put myself in this situation. What am I going to do? <laughs> and she was like, we need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, I don't know. And I was like, we might have to. And I'm going back and forth. And then I remembered Jake's story from the day before. And I said, nope. I said, let's just pray. I said, I know it's because of no food, but at the same time, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I said, just start to pray with me. 
hold my hand. So she holds my hand, and then she just gets right beside me. She begins to pray, and the peace that surpasses all understanding just begin to come, guard my heart, and just calm my body down to where it needed to be. Then I started to eat again. <laughs> but in that moment, I had two trees in the garden, and it would have been bad to go to the emergency room to get some help. Not saying that. They're there to help you. But I'm saying in that moment, I heard another word that said, remember Jake's testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy every time. When we know he's done it before, he will do it again. Amen? So the testimonies that you just heard and all those stories that you just heard are there for you to know. God can do, do it again. Right? He's done it before. We'll do it again. Trust him. As Brent said earlier, you need to have these markers in your life where you go back and say, he did it before and he will do it again. So remembering um, a little bit of last week, Dustin talked about John chapter four and he talked about the woman at the well. Um, we're going to pick up there with the woman at the well. Um, as I said last week, I'd already planned to speak about that on Sunday night um, at River of Life. And so um, they only gave us a 10 minute window. So I really didn't get to say what I wanted to say. Um, so I didn't even really open my Bible. I was just like, you know, I referenced a couple of verses. And um, so today we're going to pick up in that story of the woman at the well. Um, I just want to say going into this is the first Sunday of 2024. And um, so one of the things that God just continued to remind me is remember Lot's wife and uh, in that and remembering Lot's wife everything that she thought she needed for life her soul ties those things that she thought she needed to be able to live he said don't look back and hold on to those things in other words you can't have a divided heart Right? James says you got a divided heart. Don't expect to receive anything from God. So you can't have this divided heart. It's not a time for divided heart, but it's a time to, if you lose your life, you will, Jesus said, find it. Right? You lose your life, you will find it. So she didn't want to lose her life. She wanted to hold on to those soul ties. She wanted to hold on to those things that she thought was for life. And he says, don't be like Lot's wife. Don't look back. And in looking back, she's stuck. Right? She's stuck. She can't move forward. You see what I'm saying? Don't be like Lot's wife. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Don't be like that where you're stuck. You're holding on to those things. Maybe in 2023, maybe there are some things that you don't understand. As Bill said earlier, there are some things that happened in 2023, and I'm still looking at those things and saying, why? Right? And I may not have the answers, and I may not ever have the answers to those why questions, but at the same time, it doesn't change who God is. And it still doesn't change who I am in the spiritual nature of myself. Right. And so what I have to get into the point is I have to get to the place where Bill just said you can't you have to get to the place where you're looking at your circumstances and it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your confidence in who he is and where you are seated in heavenly places with him. Right. That is the truth. Right. Those things that we're seeing are only temporal and those things are not the truth of who we are for all eternity. Right. And so we're getting into that place to where we don't have that divided heart. We're not holding on to the things of this world, but we are letting go and looking ahead with Jesus Christ. Right. Paul says, I let go of the things that are behind me so I can press on to the things before me. 
You see what I'm saying? So we're looking at the woman at the well, and we'll just start at John chapter 4, just a brief overview of last week. We read the story, but we're going to read it again. The news quickly reached the Jewish religious leaders known as the Pharisees that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized in John, although Jesus himself didn't baptize but only his disciples. Jesus heard that was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the, village, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Weary by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already out. Afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And she replied, Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus replied, If only if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, Sir, I don't even have a bucket. The well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? And Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty, what? Again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. And the woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again. And won't have to come back here to draw water. But Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman changed the subject. You must be a prophet. So tell me this. Why do our fathers worship God on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship? Who is right? And Jesus responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your what? Heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship, but we Jews worship out of our experience for us from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with right hearts. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is also confusing. But I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you are looking for. All the things, Brent said it earlier, let go. Let go of all those things that this world has to offer, right? Because you will thirst again with those things. But here he says, I am the one. I'm that well. I'm the one that you are looking for. First thing I want to point out is her things that she is holding on to. Verse 5 and 6, she points to a historic place. In verse 5 and 6, she talks about it. She says, um, the, Jake, the, the, the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Um, and, and then he says, um, she says down at the bottom um, of my page, not yours. Um, do you really think, verse 12, that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well? She is tying that to historic places, things in her life, things that she holds on to. And one of the things that I wanted to point out for myself is 
When I left everything that I knew to be able to start in Brent's living room, I had to leave everything that I knew. Everything. Like, I grew up in Baskin. I grew up in that church. I grew up there. Everything about my life revolved around that place, right? So that was everything that I knew, everything that I'd held on to. And as I, and I could have just said, but what about? What about Baskin? What about this church? What about everything? And he says, you're done. I need you to go here. Like, that was hard. That was hard to swallow. That was hard for internally for me to deal with, but also mentally to deal with, right? And so there for a while I had to say, am I doing the right thing? Sometimes I still say, am I doing the right thing, right? But it's the word of God that keeps coming back to me to remind me, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It was the words that he gave me in the secret place, in my heart, that still ring true today, that whenever I have doubts, his word that he gave me, and I received it on the inside, gave birth to a seed, and it is fruitful and it multiplies. And I go back to that seed in that place where he spoke to my heart, and I live by that word. Right? It is that word that we live. And so here she's saying, what about these historical ties? These things that we long to. Now Jesus is saying, look at this well. Yes, it was Jacob's well. Jacob dug this well. I love how um, Dr. Simmons points out that, yes, this is Jacob's well. But this is still tied to Adam's well, right? This was a, this was a well that, that had um, streams of water that flowed to that well. So you had a stream that flowed to the well, and that's where it stayed, right? And so it was there. Jesus is saying, look, I'm offering you a different well. This well is not coming from another source and gets stagnant where it sits, I'm putting a seal over this well, and I'm saying I'm giving you a new well that it bubbles from within and overflows everywhere you go. See how it's the opposite of the Adam life, right? So you can hold on to that Adam. You can hold on to that historic nature. You can hold on to that, but I'm trying to offer you that something different. It's completely opposite. It is going to bring life and life abundant, not just to you, but to everyone that you meet. The other thing in verse 15 through 19 that she's wanting to hold on to is she talks about the men. Right? And Jesus wants to bring it up and she wants to change the subject. Right? The five men. And he says, yes, and the one you're, married, the one you're with now is not even your husband. So there are six, right? Things that we try to tie ourselves to, Dr. Simmons points out, things that we try to tie ourselves to, taste, the five senses, hear, touch, all those things, the five senses is what we try to hold on to everywhere we go because it is what we can taste, see, um, touch, feel, those things. You see what I'm saying? All of our life we try to tie to that. That's our soulless nature that we want to tie those things to. And the sixth man is not your husband, which is what? Six is the number for who? Humanity. Because on day six, God made man. But he says, the perfect one is here, number seven. Which always represents perfection in Jesus Christ. Same offer is to us as it is to this woman. See what I'm saying? We want to marry ourselves to all these things of this world and humanity. When he's saying, I'm here. Like, I'm here to marry you. The marriage between the bride and the groom. We are the bride. He is the groom. And the offer is on the table, even still today, to be married. Right? He is the one that we've been waiting for. Then the last thing I want to point out that she's holding on to is the place of worship. 
One of the things that we got told when we first started, Brent ought to know better than that. He ain't got no steeple on his hand. Which has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. But they still said it. And he's trying to get them to understand it's not about where you're going. You see what I'm saying? It's not about the establishment or the building. It's about what he say? It's about your heart. Because you're, I'm bringing a whole new thing. You're not going to have a Mecca where you're going to have to go to the Middle East to be able to worship. I'm coming to you to dwell in you that you can worship me freely 24-7 in the secret place. This is the offer on the table, right? And so he is, he's saying to her, all those things are offered to you. And you can hold on to those things. But here, this one, all those things are going to... We said it out loud earlier. You're going to thirst again. Like there's even scientific, scientific, we're going to have a minute in, in just a little bit to go to that secret place. There's some scientific things that, that I have read and watched and, and tried to um, get into that place of meditation. And I've studied some of those guys and people have been healed in those places. But one of the things that I noticed in some of those, those things that I was reading, even though they were healed of whatever their disease was from meditation, they still felt this sense of not belonging. You know why? Because they still had no relationship with Christ. So the ultimate is the relationship with Christ and then those things, right? He says some people try to come around the gate and come the wrong way in. He says, I am the gate. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come through my gate. And he's offering this on the table. Look, you have all those things, but I'm saying you're still going to thirst again. You're still going to have thirsting desires in you because you're still going to miss me. And I'm telling you, I'm here. The offer is still true today. He looks at every one of us and says, I'm here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock and you want to open the door. I will come and sit with him. Right? The beauty of the secret place. Right? In verse 10 and verse 14, he says, this water is going to bubble up and it's going to be within you. Look at what John 7 says. Look over three chapters. John 7, 37. I'm trying to rush through a lot of this for just a minute because I want us to get to the place where we have time to get in the secret place together. Verse 37 of chapter 7. Then on the most important day, the feast, the last day, Jesus stood up and shouted at the crowds, all you thirsty ones, do what? Do what? Say it louder. Come to me. Come to me and do what? Don't just come. You got to do what? Drink. Drink. Believe in who? Me. There's only two types of people that we read all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Believers and unbelievers. That's it. Like there's no Jew, no Jew, no Greek, no none of that anymore. There's two types of people. Believers, unbelievers. That's it. So do what? Believe in me. Why? Because when you do, what's going to happen? So that rivers of living water is going to do something. What's it going to do? Burst out. Not just all of a sudden out here on the outward plane where everybody can see you. The first thing that's going to happen is it's going to burst where? Inside of you. Bubbling over inside of you, within you, flowing from your innermost being. 
What happened with that well before? That historic well. Jacob's well. It flowed from a natural spring, but then it did what? Stopped right there. And they were drawing from the stagnant water. Yes, it came from a flowing stream. But after it sits there, what becomes happening? It becomes stagnant because it's sitting there. It has no place. What happens with living water? It flows. It doesn't just sit there. It flows. It's not like pond water that gets stagnant. It flows. And he says, this water that I'm giving you, if you will drink of it, it's all of a sudden going to create this stream, living water on the inside of you that is going to burst forth. And not only is it going to burst forth through all of your body from the inside out, but now the cup does what? It overflows. And we've mentioned this many, many, many times. How do you know when the cup is full? Not when it's at the tippy, tippy top. How do you know when it's full? When it's overflowing. And he's describing this as this place that is going to be overflowing. Meaning, when people see you, thank you. They don't see this sitting on the church pew every Sunday. Where's that pastor? Hurry up. I got that rope ready. Oh, Lord. Does that look like it's bubbling over? Like a sucking on persimmons. <laughs> Talking about Brent Steeple. <laughs> no, it's life. And it's life abundant. And it's not just on Sunday. And it's just not just on Wednesday night. And not just whenever there's a conference. And not just whenever there's revival services. But it is every day that whenever, as KDB sang about a while ago, your mind is on Jesus when you wake up. And what's going to happen through you all day, every day. Because now new life is bursting forth. Right? Look at Ephesians, what Paul says about it. In Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. So I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus and Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you. What is Paul saying? This is like, I want you to get this, right? This place, this place in Ephesus. These are believers who now say they believe in Jesus. And he's like, yes, now you believed. That's great. But I don't want you to just stay right there where you just believed and now you're just waiting for your ticket to be punched to go to heaven when you die. He said, that's not what this life is about. It's when you believe something happens on the inside of you. And I need you to see this. I need you to take hold of this. Not only do you need it for yourself, but the people in this world needs you to see this. And he's saying, I'm needing you to wake up. And I'm praying every day for this to happen in you that your eyes may be enlightened and this is what i want them to be enlightened to i pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power i need you to get a hold of this he says until you understand what's really on the inside this is not some just lazy, by the night, I'm just hanging out, and the sweet by and by, we'll all understand. It's 
not what he's saying. I'm needing you to understand what's in you right now, he says. This is what you have. He says, then when that happens, notice these are progressions. In verse 17, he uses the word then. In verses 18 and 19, he uses the word then. In other words, this is a progression, meaning you're going to get a glimpse here, and then he's going to grow you to this. Then he's going to grow you to this. Then he's going to grow you to this. Do you see that his kingdom is of no end? Isaiah, this one that we just preached about for the last two weeks in the Christmas season, that it will have no end, his reign, his rule. Then by constantly using your, say it with me, faith. Constantly using your what? Faith. You either believe or you don't. The life of Christ will be released where? Deep inside of you. And the, and I love this. And that happens, and listen to this. And then the resting place of his, what? Love. You're confident in his love. Because if you're not confident in his love, you are not going to be confident whenever the storms of this life hit. Because they come. But perfect love casts out all fear so that I can sleep in the boat of the storm. Because perfect love is now in me. Right? Deep inside of you, and the resting place of his love will become. We've been talking about the resting place. We've been talking about wanting to be there. Like spiritually, we understand we're there. But here we're having a hard time being there. You know why? Because our spirit's there, but our mind's not been renewed to it. We've been taught by the wrong nature most of our life. So our minds, Paul says, has to be renewed. But whenever this happens, he'll take you from that resting place of his love, deeply rooted in love, and will become the very source and root of your life. So in other words, that's where you're going to live from. That's where you're going to be seated. That's where you're going to be living from. Then he says this word again. Then, so then another progression happens. What's the next progression? Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. Now listen to this. Now this is huge. In all its dimensions. To experience it what? In all its dimensions. In other words... There are different levels of experiencing his love. We can go from three, four, five-year-old singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. And we say, oh, how sweet, isn't that just so sweet, just so sweet. And then when we get to be 30 and 40, we don't even want to sing that song because we think it's a kid's song. We think we're too good for that. We think we're better than that. But in fact, you were supposed to build from Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. I'm trusting in his love. Even though sometimes I don't feel it, even though Satan sometimes tries to whisper those lies to me and make me feel like I am not worthy of this love, I get back into the word. He started you with this little song, yes, but he meant for you to grow in that love. And be established in that love. Because when every Holy Spirit is the great magnitude, there's astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Meaning, when, when God first started taking me to the secret place, it was ever so often. And I'd get little bitty things. Little bitty things. And I really couldn't see a lot of visual dreams and visions. I wanted to, but I couldn't see them. Every now and then I'd get a glimpse, flash. 
But now what does he do? I'm going to share a word in a minute with you that he gave me for 2024. Bill always says we need a word, right? For that year. And he gave me one, and I wasn't even going to him in the secret place at that moment to say, hey, I need a word for 2024. This was about a week before 2024 started. And just in the secret place and enjoying him, he began to give me this vision. And then in that vision, he says, I need you to go to explore that because this is the word for you for 2024. It wasn't me seeking and searching for it. But there was a next dimension of his love. What did he tell tell us in John? I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. If it were not true, I would have told you. In my house are many, many, many dwelling places. Instead of looking that and saying, one day I'm going to get my cabin over there on that mountain. What if we started seeing that he's in me with many dimensions for us to explore and to listen to the voice that as those dimensions become awakened on the inside because where is he? On the inside. And Jesus says, still to this day, come follow me. Come follow me. And in that secret place, new dimensions dimensions that we didn't even think possible. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. See how many dimensions of love there is? We have yet to even touch the surface. This extravagant love pours into you until when? You are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Not overflowing yet? Which step you missed? He didn't say, say this simple prayer and then all of a sudden you're going to be over here. There was a progression. Did you see it? That's right. There was a progression. So for some of us, and, and you look at Brent and you say, man, I wish I was over here like Brent. That's what Tracy said one day. He's like, man, I wish I was like you guys. I said, Tracy, you just started, bro. But look how far Tracy's come in just six months. Like a complete different person. Like he went from the caterpillar to the butterfly in six months. Like, right? Metamorphosis. That's what he wants to do to us. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. So don't give up. You're not there yet. Keep going in. 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 Never doubt God's made power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream. How much more? Greater. And exceed your wildest imagination. Got some wild imagination? He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes what? You. Constantly energizes you. Where does it all start? Secret place inside. The secret place. Look at what Proverbs 20, 27 says. Proverbs 20, verse 27. 
The Spirit God breathed into man. Remember that? Adam. But then when again? After the resurrection, he did what? Breathe, signifying this new life. Now the first fruits beyond me now will come after me, breathing my spirit, because we have to worship in spirit and truth. The spirit God breathed into man is like a living lamp. This Holy Spirit is going to do what? A shining light, searching into where? The innermost chamber of our being. You don't have to say, well, I don't know how to do that. Why? He gave you the resources, which was Holy Spirit. I give you Holy Spirit who is now going to point you to me in every way because Holy Spirit always points to Jesus. Always points to Jesus. He don't point to anything else, but He brings you back to Jesus because whenever you look at Jesus, you see the Father, and when you look at Jesus, you should see yourself. That's why He always brings you back to the center because He is truth. He's the truth of everything. He was there from the very beginning. All things. All things. Created by Him, for Him, through Him. Him. It all points back to Him. Look at Psalm 42. Psalm 42. And Lydia, I think I only put verse 7 on there, but I think I'm going to go back to the beginning of that chapter. I want to point out a couple things real quick. Psalm 42. Psalm 42, this is the one. Um, Passion sounds a little bit different. Old King James, New King James, things of that nature is the one where it says, as the deer pants for the water. Remember? So Passion says, I long to drink of you, O God, to drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. Long to do what? Drink. Know what we've been talking about? Know what Jesus pointed out? If you believe in me, you will come and drink, Right? To drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. Right? My longings overwhelm me for, for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. Day and night, my tears keep falling and my heart keeps crying for your help. While my enemies mock me over and over saying, where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? So there's this inner turmoil on the inside of him. What's going on? He's like, yes, I know God loves me and I want more of him. But there are some things that are happening outside in this world that I don't understand why they're happening. And I'm wondering, where's God? You ever been like that? You ever been in the floor with kidney stones wondering that? There's this turmoil because now spirit is wanting to line up with spirit, but your mind, will, and emotions is wanting to line up with that husband of one, two, three, four, five, six. But even in that moment, he says, I'm here to marry you. So what does he say in verse four? So I speak over my broken soul. There is power in your words. There is power what you believe. Because whatever you believe is going to come out of your heart. So I speak over my heartbroken soul. Take courage. <laughs> Remember 
when you used to be right out front leading the procession of praise with a great crowd of worshipers gathered into the presence of the Lord. What was there earlier? Go back to those places that you've stuck in the ground, that you remember he came through. Those moments whenever you were praising him for what he had done. Mark it. Remember those things. You shouted with joy as the sound of passionate celebration filled the air and the joyous multitude of lovers honored the feast of the Lord. So then, my soul, why would you be depressed? He is talking to himself. They say it's bad when you answer, but he's commanding his soul. Sometimes you're going to have to do that. You see, your mind is a good tool, but it is never... Never, ever a good leader. The spirit is supposed to master the mind. Not the mind, master the spirit. Why would you sink deep in despair? Just keep hoping, waiting on God your Savior. For no matter what, I will sing, still sing with praise for you are my saving grace. Here I am depressed and downcast, yet I still remember you as I ponder this place where your glory streams down from the mighty mountaintops, lofty and majestic, the mountains of your awesome presence. My deep needs, listen to this, calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Deep cries out to deep. Your waterfall of weeping sent waves of sorrow. My soul carrying me away, cascading me like a thundering cataract all through the day. Yahweh has commanded his endless love to pour over me. Through the night I sing his songs and my praises to the living God. I will say to God, you are my mountain of strength. How could you forget me? Why must I suffer this vile oppression of my enemies, this heartless tormentors who are out to kill me? What's happening again? He's going back to his what? Mind, will, and emotions. Just because you said it once to your soul doesn't mean you ain't going to have to command it again. You better be ready because the battle is between these two ears. Better be ready. Better be ready. You to bring it back under again. You might have to bring it back under again. You might have to bring it back under again. So I say to my soul, verse 11, don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I say it with me, no. My God will break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, he is my saving grace. In the middle of this passage, it says, and deep cries out to deep. The deep waters. This deep well that is within you. Every one of us have this deep well on the inside of us that he is wanting to fill with himself. And as deep cries out to deep, I've told you that before, in the storm of the waves that are crashing about, if you ever see a hurricane that is on top of an ocean, it looks violent. But go down to the depths of the sea at the very bottom and it looks like there is nothing (laughs) happening, just fish, just swimming like normal. On the surface, it may be a violent storm, but he is calling you to go to the deep place with him where there's life. As deep cries out to deep, and he says, come follow me. Come follow me. So about a week and a half ago in that secret place, he first gave me this vision. It was like the seed that was germinating in the ground, and it began to sprout. And I saw it just like coming through the dirt. I saw it in the dirt form. I saw it coming through the dirt. I saw it coming out. And then as it was coming out, I saw it begin to blossom out everywhere. And I was like, that's a pretty cool picture. 
And he said, this picture I'm giving you is for 2024. And I was like, all right, so what does it mean? You got a word because, you know. And the first word that I thought in my mind was growth. And he said, no, because growth can mean like a tumor or something of that nature that you got to cut off. I'm talking about a different kind of growth. Talking about a budding. I'm talking about um, to sprout. And when it sprouts out, then it's going to go outward. And then I was reminded of that prophecy that was spoken over me by Ben. And, um, and, and, and he said, you're going from a place that is established to a new place to where you're going to grow. And then it's going to be like a vineyard that's just going to keep going and going and going, right? And he said, this is the year that we're going to grow. And he took me to this Hebrew word, parach, P-A-R-A-C-H. Look it up because it's got some magnificent things whenever you begin to study this word, parach. It's all throughout Scripture. And in that word, in Genesis 40.10, let's just look at that real quick. Genesis 40.10, this is, um, it was also in a vision here, which I thought was pretty cool. He took me to that because this was a vision. And in the vine were three branches. It was though it budded. Its blossom shot forth, and its clusters brought forth grapes. So this was a vision that Joseph was going to interpret, all right? And um, this vision that Joseph was interpreting, he said, this is an interpretation, three branches of three days. Now within three days, uh, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your place. Um, and so I said, well, that's pretty cool that, that you're giving me that vision um, and just reminding me of the prophecy that was spoken over, over me and over this place. And, um, and so it's like he's saying, now's the time, right? Now's the time that we're going to begin to gr- sprout out, right? If you study the way the vines of a grape, like a vineyard, like the first three years, they're just getting established. Just the root system has to get established, Right? And then as each seed comes up, they tie together to continue to go, right? And so I thought that was very unique that this is almost the vision of what I saw that sprouting and and coming out. Like it just started as a seed and it just shot out and it began to not just grow out. Like as I saw it blossom, then it went out and I couldn't see the end. Like it just kept going, right? So he took me to that. That's the same word here. This word budding here in Parak is that same thing. Then Isaiah 37 Isaiah 37, we see it again. Now, there's multiple times in Scripture, but these are the ones that he took me to. Because remember, he says, I'll hide these things, but it's up to kings to search them out. So as he gave this to me, he said, I need you to search it out. I heard specifically, search it out. And this is what he gave me. Isaiah 37, 31 through 32 he says, And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit, what? Upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant, and those who escape from Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord host, will do this. When you look up the word remnant here, it means a seed. And that seed, as it goes forth... What happens as he breathes onto that seed and we die to self, what happens? It sprouts out. It germinates and it sprouts. And what begins to take place is it blooms and blossoms and then what's happening? Because as I said earlier, just think about that vine. It's not one shoot coming out for all that vineyard and then it all spreads. Ever so many feet is another shoot just like it that's coming up. 
What are those shoots representing? Christ. Christ. Christ in you. 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 And as John 17, when he's saying all this, John 15, he's talking about the vine and the branches. John 17, he says, and whenever they, the world, sees unity, because what happens is those things begin to tie together. Like you can grow by yourself, but it's only going to be this much. But as we connect, it grows endlessly. There is a remnant, he says, that I want to breathe onto. To bring forth my life, me. Right? Just think about it. Satan wanted to destroy Christ. Remember from the very beginning, Genesis. There'll be enmity between you and man. He wanted to cancel it out. But imagine whenever he realized when he thought he killed the one and now that one is multiplying. The only problem with it affecting his kingdom now is we don't know it. We don't know who we are. But when we come into alignment with who he is, he breathes on us and we blossom like that. Then we are tied together, holding together. It's endless. It's a kingdom that is without yeah. Right? So the word that he has for us this year is a budding and a growth. This the word parak. In John 15, he says, those who abide in me. Right? Let's just look at that real quick because I want to take us to the secret place real quick. In John 15, I am the true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you, so you must remain in life union with me. Do what? Remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. Like I'm already connected to you. Like I'm remaining in you, but you've got to choose. You're going to remain in me, right? And I'm not just talking about a one moment in time choice to get your ticket punched. We're talking about daily when I wake up to enter into the secret place is what I'm talking about. I believe that John 15 is talking about the abiding in the secret place with him, right? In Psalm 91, I will say of the Lord, he is my strong rock, my refuge, right? Those who dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell, meaning they live there, they abide there, right? They have a choice to make. For I remain life union with you, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately, say it, intimately joined to mine. This is what he's, desire of intimacy, guys. We see it with the woman at the well. We see it all throughout Scripture. And it's still today. He desires intimacy with us. Just close your eyes for a minute. And we've done this before, but I just want to give you some word behind it. It's one of the first things that I do. Maybe you just, you've never done it before. You don't know what to do. first thing I begin to do is I just enter his courts. 
with thanksgiving. What a thankful heart for who he is, what he's done. He's made a way so I can be in him and he in me. You want to know how to enter that place of rest for 2024? It's in the secret place. All other routes, he says in John 15, will not produce fruit. So I just begin to tell him, turn my affections towards him. And then in doing that, again, I'm not going with my laundry list. I'm not going, God, you got to do this, 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 this today. This is simply about being intimate with him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, from that place, I just began to cast all my anxiety on him. Remember, I've told you before, if you go into the secret place, and you do a lot of shouting and tell him all your problems, and you walk out still feeling in turmoil, then all you did was go in and complain and remain. But he wants you to cast all anxiety upon him and leave it there. Sometimes we even our questionings, we got to leave them. The why. Sometimes we have to even leave that why there. In Luke 21, he says, be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. Be careful that you are not caught off guard or your hearts will be weighed down. They'll be weighed down. The worries of this life will weigh them down. So what do I do? First Peter chapter 5 says, cast all anxiety upon him. So I give him everything and everyone. And I don't just say that loosely. Sometimes I do whenever I'm going to place and I just say, God, I give you everything and everyone. I might say that the first time, but then I start naming names and naming things. So and so, I give them to you. Because I'm not Holy Spirit. I can't make that person change. In most situations that we want fixed in the moment are really, really big. So I give it to him. I might need an answer for that problem, but right then, I am not asking for an answer. I'm just giving it to Him. And a lot of times, nine times out of ten, when I give Him that problem, I don't even have to ask for it because when I come up out of the secret place, He's given me supernatural wisdom of how to deal with that situation. So just give it to Him. My worries, my doubts, my fears, I cast it all upon him and I leave it there. I'm not looking for answers. I'm not trying to figure it all out. This is just about me and him. It's just about intimacy. I give you everyone, I give you everything. First Corinthians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 8 says that the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God's heart and comes back and reveals them to my heart. 
So then I hear the voice that says, come follow me. And I just let him begin to reveal those things to me. And there are many dimensions. When I first started doing this, there was only one dimension that I saw every time. I saw the same thing over and over every time I went. But as I began to trust him in that place every time, he began to take me to new places. So I turn my affections to him. I cast out all anxiety on him. Leave it there. And then I'm just exposed. And I allow the spirit to search the deep things of God and reveal them to my heart. have different levels that our mind's working on. We have those just normal things as we're looking around the room, we're thinking about people, we're seeing their clothes that they got on, we're seeing all this kind of stuff, and that's like on the surface level. And then there's this area where it's like in between, where it's where like the daily cares of life, like I know I gotta get this taken care of this afternoon, and I can't forget about this, and, and all those things. Well, sometimes I'm in that secret place and those things start to come back. And what's happening is, is I'm not allowing myself to get into the deep crying out to deep place. I'm still on the surface where the things of this world are carrying on. And that's okay. That's okay. He's not mad at you when you do that. It just shows you where you're at. It's just to remind you, oh, I come back to the surface. And I, that means whatever that thing was that just came up in me that's reminding me of this surface level stuff, I just give that back to him. God, I know we'll handle that in a minute. I just give that back to you. I just want to go back into this deep place with you. Just go back and rest. Go back and sit. As Jake said, he heard from the Lord, just wait. We have a real problem with waiting in our society, in our culture. The waiting on the Lord is huge. It's your strength. Those who wait on the Lord renew their strength. Rise up like wings on eagles. That means there's no flapping and working, but you're in the high place where the wind already just takes you. And in that place is where He wants to be intimate and give you the revelations that He wants to give you. It's in that place where He speaks to your heart, and then from that place you get to release that word here on earth to bring heaven to her. Instead of trying to always, God, I need you to align with what I want to happen. God, I need you to align with what I want to happen. So just, I'm going to just declare it. I'm going to decree it. So, so you can just, you can come along with me. He wants you to declare and decree, but he wants you to declare and decree the things that are on his heart. That's what has power. That's what releases power. And so when I'm in that secret place and I hear his word, and then I come back, to the surface level. I can speak to that storm then. As Jesus was in the storm of the boat and He was not moved because He was resting in the secret place. He was able to bring where He was 
to the reality of this world that had a storm in it and it overcome the storm. That's where he's taken us to move in in 2024. And you just rest there. And you can stay there as long as you want or as little as you want because he's not a bully. He just desires the intimacy with you. Just stand real quick. Some of you still in that place. I see tears flowing. And that's good. That word is not just for right now. That's just, just training for your daily. Your daily routine, your daily activity. That's just training for you. That you can go into that place anytime you want to. You can be at work and you say, I gotta go to the bathroom. They ain't gotta know. I give you everyone and everything. Maybe you just need a break from all 42 kids at your house. Oh, wait, that's just me. They act like I'm on my phone. Could do that for four days this week. Father, I give you everything. I'm on the phone. Wherever you got to get to get in a secret place away from the noise and the distractions of this life. So just close your eyes, raise your hands, receive it. God, we thank you so much for all your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for everything that was established here today, everything, every word that was spoken, everything that was declared out, all testimonies, all glory, all honor we give to you. It is for you, by you, through you that we live and we move and we have our being. We thank you for every person here and everybody under the sound of my voice through podcast. We say this is the year. This is the year of growth. This is the year of new opportunities. This is the year that we are budding and breaking forth. We are breaking beyond the things that we have always kept our minds closed-minded to. We are now open-minded to say this is our year of growth and we are growing beyond what we could ever think or imagine because He is the God who goes beyond what we can think or ask or imagine and we are going into those places and not that we're just going there. We are rooted and established there and we are establishing a new thing with Him, not our own thing. We're not establishing anything of ourselves. We are establishing what's on His heart and what He's saying. This is my heart for my people, for this earth and I'm saying through my people I am establishing a new thing and we are just saying and we are the people, the remnant who says yes Lord we agree we agree come Lord come and we receive this word of the secret place and from this time forward we will have no problems getting to the secret place the worries and the cares of this life will not keep us from the secret place but we will be people who always see your opportunities that you are giving us and and wooing us and knocking on our hearts and we keep answering and you keep taking us to new levels and new levels and new levels and new dimensions and new dimensions and we say yes Lord yes you can have our hearts you can have our lives we consecrate ourselves to you mind, body, soul, and spirit we consecrate and we give you our lives we give you everything that we are so that we can be your hands and your feet on this earth 
we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And all God's people say, yes, Lord, amen, so be it. Be blessed, love you guys. 2024 is your year. Be blessed.